looked at that first activity, uh, how you as a member or a leader assist visitors and new believers to integrate into the life of a church. Um, so the first part of this session, we're going to talk about starting a cell group and uh, how you go about it. And then we will look at the reports and so forth. But I want to say something about that exercise. Why that exercise is important is because your cell is going to grow based on primarily how you recruit new people. Uh, let's just say, for argument's sake, in your church as you currently are, the majority of members are in a cell group. Therefore, you will not really be able to recruit them because they are already in a group. Neither should you want to. I, I don't really encourage people taking people from other churches or other cells um, because that's not really the best way. So the best way is how you, you welcome and receive new people. And the more uh, or the easier you find it in receiving new people, the more likelihood your cell group that you start will flourish. Uh, you will find in most churches, um, you have visitors. You have a, a steady flow of visitors. And the majority of visitors, when they are coming to your church, have no intention of coming back. They're just visiting. That's why they're called visitors. <laughs> but often, uh, there are those who, although may not necessarily have the intention of coming back or they're just coming to see because of you they may decide to come back and you need to realize that the power that you as an individual have um, I know that people come to for instance in our church in Greenwich some come because they come because they're invited but then when they come and they hear let's say the teaching and stuff they're really blessed but often they come for a while and then they don't come back because they don't connect with the people because we are all so busy in our own little world. Um, it's not a negative, it's just a reality of human, human nature. So if you are interested in starting a cell in your church, then you need to be somebody who has an eye and a heart for visitors. Whether they are visitors who are even coming from other places or visitors just um, visiting or believers who are looking for a church, you need to have your eye out for them. All right, so how to start your own cell. I want to go through this relatively quickly and then uh, give you an exercise. Number one, you must identify the need. You, as a leader, must identify the need to start a cell. Um, can you see a reason why you should start a cell group? Now, I am not talking about you assisting somebody. If you already are an assistant, get it out of your mind that you're an assistant. See yourself as a, a leader that is leading two, three, five people less uh, privileged than you are in terms of their understanding, in terms of uh, their experience in the Lord, in terms of uh, their need for ministry. Don't see yourself as an assistant, even if you are an assistant. My first cell that I was leading, uh, I was leading it as an assistant without even realizing that 
I was being trained as a leader. And then the, the guy who was training me was a pastor, associate pastor. So obviously, he's an associate pastor. He's a very experienced man of God, very much in the word, very strong in spirit. And uh, he was getting me to do things. And really, he was training me to lead. And um, he, did a, he did a good job, not because I was a good leader, no, but because I was doing it without even realizing that's what I was doing. And I saw myself as his assistant. But when he said, now you're taking over, it was okay. Because he got me to be responsible for the group. Many times, believers who are mature and strong enough, who ought to know better, like to hide behind the assistant tag. Look, remember, there are people less fortunate than you. There are people who are weaker than you, who are struggling more than you are. And you, by standing there at the front, by taking the leadership to help them, will actually help them. There are people who will never come back to the church that you're a part of because you never took the step. You may say, ah, that's a bit too strong. I'm telling you, that's the reality. That is the reality. If somebody didn't take the step for you, you wouldn't be here. And if you don't take the step for somebody, somebody else wouldn't be here. So identify the need. Can you see a reason for the group, the cell group, to start? Remember what the Lord said, Luke 10, 2. The harvest is truly great. Truly is great. But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. This is, to me, one of the biggest challenges that believers, mature believers, strong believers, don't want to be laborers for the harvest. This is not simply talking about sharing the gospel. This is talking about being responsible for people. And that involves work, laboring. So identify the need. Secondly, leading on to what I've already said, make yourself available to lead. This is how you start a cell group. When you see yourself as the person who will lead the group. If you are waiting for somebody else to lead the group, it will not happen. It will not happen. Um, again, I emphasize this point. There are people who need you to lead them. There are. There are people who need you. Remember, we're not talking about leading those who are already established. We're not talking about leading people who are more mature than you. No, 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 no. We're talking about new people. We're talking about people who are younger than you in the faith. We're talking about people who have challenges that you can encourage them. You can help them to deal with. But it is you making yourself available. Uh, Paul said to Timothy, commit what you've learned from me to faithful people, dependable people who will be able also to teach others. So you must be committed to leading that new cell. And you must also not be forced into it. So even though I am encouraging you to do it, you cannot do it because of simply what pastor says, I have to do it. No, no. You must see it as your conviction. It is a conviction that you have. It is because you have a burden from the Holy Spirit. And uh, that is what is 
motivating you to respond in spite of your fear. Not simply because you've been asked. It's good to respond when you've been asked. That's great. If you're strong, if you're mature and you were asked and you respond, that's fine. But most of us, that's not enough. Because after you are doing it for about three or four months, you will get tested. Uh, you know, the novelty will wear off. Um, you, things will happen. You will arrange a cell meeting and nobody will turn up. How many of you have experienced nobody turning up before? How many of you have led the cell before? Can you raise your hands? Keep your hand raised. And of these hands that are raised, how many of you have experienced nobody turning up before? Just keep your hand, remain raised. Oh, awesome. You're all blessed. You see, it's normal. It's normal. And now, when, keep your hand raised. Keep your hand raised. All of you whose hands were still raised, nobody turned up. When nobody turned up, how many of you felt like giving up? Put your hand down. Actually, keep your hand down. Keep your hand down. When nobody turned up for a few, a few times, how many of you felt like maybe you should stop? Keep your hand up if you felt like you should stop. Right. Yeah. It is normal. Again, that's over half of you. The point I'm making is, is this. If you don't have a burden from the Holy Spirit or you don't have a conviction that is beyond being asked to do it and you, and you find over a period of time nobody turns up or the, the cell is not growing. Um, <laughs> how many of you have experienced the cell is not growing? The cell is not growing syndrome. Can, can I see? <laughs> so, yeah. But the question is, are you growing? Are you growing? Because the cell might not be growing but are you growing? And, uh, and you say, but how will I know if I'm growing? Well, if you stop groaning, perhaps it's a sign that you are growing. When things are not going well, you stop groaning, stop moaning, then perhaps you're growing. And if you are moaning, then you need to grow, therefore keep doing the cell. <laughs> so, very important. You make yourself available to lead. Make yourself available to lead. The third point. Decide on a start date and make it sooner rather than later. You see, it's very easy to hide behind. You know, I really feel God is calling me to do a cell, but in two years' time, I'll definitely do it. And a year later, it'll still be two years' time. <laughs> and two years after that, it'll be two years' time. Because it's easier mentally to put it off. But if you have to start it in three weeks' time, that's a whole different... Huh! Three, what? Did you say three months? No, I said three weeks. Ah, shakaba. Wait, 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 pastor. <laughs> it is very important that you set a start date, prayerfully, sooner rather than later, especially if you are convinced this is what God wants you to do. So, for instance, if in this place here, before you came, you've been feeling a strong burden in your heart to start a cell. You've been feeling it. It's not put on but you don't know whether you should, you don't have the confidence whether you should, you know that it's going to test you, it's going to stretch you, it is something that you've been sensing, but uh, you're not sure, um, and you're, feeling, you're hoping that God will speak to you where he has started. <laughs> um, but honestly, on a, on a more serious note, if that's what you've been feeling, if you don't take the step, because there are seasons and cycles in which God deals with us, and if you don't respond at the, the right season, when the waters are stirred in your heart, what happens is it settles. And then other things come in. And then your heart and your life and your space gets crowded. So you no longer are able to. So what you would then say is, well, you know, I did feel it, but it wasn't the right time. It was. You just did not respond. 
honestly. So many excel have remained in the hearts and minds of well-intentioned believers. Many excel. Yeah. Number four. Set aside time to wait on the Lord in prayer before you start. Once you decide on a date, set aside time. Whether it's three days, whether it's one week, whether it's three weeks. Remember, our Lord set aside 40 days of prayer and fasting before he engaged in his ministry, which he had been commissioned to start. Um, the apostles um, set the Barnabas and Saul in Acts 13, verses 2 and 3. It says, while they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them to. Look at verse 3. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So the Lord said, set them aside for what I have. Like some of you, he's telling you, look, I want you to do this. What did they do? They fasted and prayed and then released them. You know what we do? God has told me to do it. So what do I do? I want to think about it. I want to pray about it. They think about it. They pray about it. But they never execute. They never do it. I'm sensing. I know God is telling me. I just need, And there will always be a reason why you should put it off. As you're about to start, something happens in the workplace. As you're about to start, you get a new job. As you're about to start, you lose your job, God forbid. As you're about to start, all jobs become jobs. I don't know. As you're about to start, situations happen that give you a reason to pull back. It is normal. These things are normal. But I'm showing you how you start a cell group. Number five, make yourself accountable to church leadership. There it is again. You cannot escape this element. Follow your church's protocols on setting up cell groups. Now, if your church has no protocol, then that's fine. Um, if it's just, if you do it as and when you want, that's fine. But find out from your pastors or your church leaders what the protocols are and then follow it. In CLF, simple. You just start one and tell us. Just start one. Yeah, <laughs> that's the protocol. So I don't need a visitation on what is the protocol. You just start one. You just start it. That's the protocol. Make sure it doesn't clash with anything that's going on in the service. Don't say my cell starts at 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning and finishes at 1. No, no, that's, that's, that's the wrong protocol. <laughs> yeah, or when the prayer meeting is going on. No, no, no. That, but other than that, even that, the prayer meeting, even that, you get permission. Because in certain circumstances, we allow that to happen, but not on a Sunday. But even that, it could happen. So number six. Recruit interested individuals to become potential members. One day I was starting a cell, and obviously because I'm a, the pastor of a church, I have this advantage. Um, so I was starting a cell, so I didn't announce it, because I know if I said, okay, I'm starting a cell, uh, what, what was that? Cell leaders would say, I, I think I'm, I'm, I, I don't feel I should go to that myself. I'm coming to your cell. I feel led to Because that will happen. Some people will just, even though they're cell leaders, Joe, you said you're starting a cell. I think I need to be in your cell. Mm -hmm. Access, direct. So I didn't announce it. <laughs> but what I did do, I looked at the church, people who were on the fringes, people who have, have not been coming to church for a while, people who have been going through some challenges, I'm not saying all those who came to my cell were in that category. 
and people who were relatively new to the church. And I invited them to my cell. I invited them. And uh, out of that cell, over a period of time, three cells came out over a period of time, within a two-year period. Now, the point I want to make there is this, is that when I was starting that cell, I was very intentional who I wanted in the cell. Um, when you're starting something, you need to be intentional about who should start with you because they will set the tone of the cell. Um, not everybody who wants to come to your cell, you should be happy about. Because some people, if they come, they're going to, why, why are we praying like this? Why are we, no, hold on, what, what time? No, can you hurry up? Um, no, no, it's my turn to teach. No, no, sh no, wait, wait, wait. It's, the tongues is too loud. There's not enough shouting in the tongues. Whatever. There'll be, there'll be all kinds of things. Some people, it's best before they come, you have a certain environment they come to. Because otherwise, they can influence the cell in a way you don't need. I'm, I'm, that's, just, that's just the truth, you know. So recruit them. Recruit certain type of people um, that would agree with you, you know. Um, also, you know, when you, are, when, you, when you set your date, use social media. I mean, I remember Andrew Bobo, when he started his cell, he, he wasn't getting hardly anyone coming, I think, in the early days, very early days. So he used social media. And uh, he was getting these people coming to his cell. One day I said, so how are you getting people? He said, oh, you know, there's this website, you know, I don't know, what was it called? Meetup. And uh, so Meetup, it sounds like a dating site. So, um, <laughs> so, but that's what he used, right? And quite a, a few people came to our church as a result of Meetup. They obviously wanted to meet up. <laughs> but, but you see, that is something that someone like me would never think of. Meet up. I would never think of that. But use social media. Use word of mouth. Use your friendship and your manner to invite people to yourself. Use food. Use fun. There is a way. Use children. You know, like Hannah has a cell where it's mothers and children. It used to be mothers and toddlers, but then the children grew up, so it became mothers and children. So, you see, now somebody, that same reason will be why they won't have a cell, because they have children. But Hannah used it as a means whereby she can have a cell. You see, somebody will say, yeah, you know, um, uh, uh, for me, I'd like a cell, but you know, this church is always married, married. Listen, you should use that advantage that you have. The Bible is very clear. Single people have a superior advantage to married people as far as God's purposes are concerned. You see, not one amen. Not one. <laughs> not one. It's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. But it's just... <laughs> so, so, so... So the fact that you are following the footsteps of our Lord Jesus and the Apostle Paul, you have a superior advantage to the rest of us who are shackled with the bondages of marriage. The Bible calls it a shackling. That's what the Bible calls it, that you are bound. 
you know, you're bound to your, to your, you're in bondage to another human being. Bondage. Let's move on quickly. <laughs> but seriously though, use friendship. Use your context that suits you to invite people. So like when I was single, I could invite people to my house. I could get strangers come and sleep in my house. You know, I had this, I, I was part of my ministry. I didn't mind. If I met you on the street and you looked like you needed somewhere to sleep, I invite you to my house. I'm a single man. I have no fear of the devil or anything like that. I, and I used to. I used to do I used to pick up all these people. I remember one guy, I picked him up and he thought I was gay. So he thought he was going to have a great time. <laughs> no, he did. He did. But it was cool. I was cool with that because I knew who I was. I wasn't confused. So I was just, no, no, it's not like that, my friend. No, no, I just told him, no, it's not, no, no, you can sleep here on the floor and I'll sleep over there. But no, no, it's not like that. <laughs> but, but you see, as a, as a single man walking with Jesus, I could easily do that. But I can't do that as a married man. You know, bring some man to your house. You can't do that. You know, you know look at, look at, look at, Ola is shaking his head profusely. <laughs> And that's the advantage. And you see, in heaven, the single people who did that have a better crown than these married folk who think they are superior. Yeah. So, this is so important. Use friendship to invite people. And I tell you, the power of your friendship, your warmth, your personality is a, such a pulling power in bringing people to yourself. I'm telling you, honestly. Uh, don't underestimate underestimate your power and your influence. Number seven, decide on a venue that is convenient for those you wish to be part of the cell. You see, now, I had a venue that was actually inconvenient for a lot of people who came to my cell. But that was the best I got, right? And in those days, that's, I did what I knew. Now, today, if I'm doing a cell, I will choose venues that I find are strategic for me and strategic for those that I'm inviting. But I will not be limited to anywhere. I mean, for instance, if I didn't have anywhere to stay, I would use um, public spaces like McDonald's and like um, uh, um, Costa Coffee. They're not normally open late. I know these things. Um, uh, <laughs> and, and different food places where you can just go. I'll use that for myself. And the pub, especially the pub, I would use the pub a lot. Definitely. Yeah. But back then, pubs were forbidden. You know, it was for the heathen and the wicked who went and drank alcohol in pubs. But now we are more enlightened. Amen. Anyway, seven, seven is venue. Number eight, go for, go for your decided date. Uh, that's a decided start date. That's what I should say. In other words, go for it. If you are going to start a cell, go for it. Say to your neighbor, go for it. Now, come and tell somebody, go for it. If you don't, a year from now, you'll be telling me how you sensed one day you should start a cell. And it's as simple as that. It is not very difficult. I recommend you give yourself from when you sense that God is sending you to start a cell. I recommend maximum length period, no more than six weeks from that point. To when you initiate. You see how you've opened your eyes. What? 
Yeah, no maximum six weeks. What are we talking about? Remember, we're not talking about planting a church. We're talking about having two, three, four, five people around where you share together, where you pray together, where you encourage them to be a better them. Why do you need six weeks to start that? Do you understand what I'm saying? Why do you need six weeks? You see, cell. I didn't say prison. You know, why do you need six weeks to start a group of three? You can, you can decide to do that today, and next week you, meet, you start meeting people. Are, are you understand what I'm saying? It's just that if you, in your mind, see it as something other than what it actually is, you will keep putting it off, and people will lose out because of your fear. All right, let's pause. Questions, please. All right, so I want to give you another activity. Okay, fine, quickly. Mm -hmm. Sure, I think as public as your faith allows you. For me, the only reason why I don't use my house is because I live in Gillingham. That is it, and Gillingham is not Greenwich. So if, I, if my house was local, definitely my house would be a major center for cell activity. That, that's it. So for me, as, as public as your faith will allow, if your faith does not allow you, you're not confident for complete strangers to know where you live, then don't do it. But some people, they're okay with that. Some people are not. So as, and also check with those you're living with to make sure that's okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, fine, sure. Um, what was the question again? Okay, you got that one. Okay, fine. Somebody's hand will say, David. Sure. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that. Yes, I... Sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, some of the cells that I had in my earlier days... Oh, yeah, I beg your pardon. So the question was, <laughs> the question was, do I advocate, do we advocate multiple sites for cell groups? Yes, we do. Because that to me is even a, a better way of doing cells, where you move from house to house, like the Bible actually says, they went from house to house. So um, I would encourage multiple venues. And also, it's good for your people to get used to moving around. Um, yeah, yeah, so was that... It, uh, <laughs> There's a strong yes from there. There's a message being sent somewhere. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Thank you, David. That's, that, I want to say that. Do you want to say something? Okay, yes, okay. Husband and wife are in agreement. Okay. <laughs> um, quickly, any other questions? Um, Edmund. Mm -hmm. With the use of social media and advertising yourself, Yeah. Should we be conscious of the terminology? No, it's, um, should we be conscious of our terminology in terms of using a cell? Because there's different types of cells these days. There's the cells that actually need to bomb up people. I mean, that's, that's, so yeah, I think that definitely that sensitivity ought to be there. So house groups, um, informal, small groups. I know that... Um, one church calls them tea parties, you know, and, and, and no, no, you can laugh, but hey, it's working for them. You know, I mean, tea party. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, 
house groups, Bible study group, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Life groups. Um, life center calls it life groups. You know. Yeah, absolutely. They nicked it from me. No, not really. No, no. <laughs> all right. All right. A any anyone else? Anyone else? Quickly. 